0: A Tell Tale Pod Production, Asher and the Spirit Bird. By Jaspinda Bilan Chapter ten The cart tips forward. The reins click and we begin moving. My insides churn like milk turning into butter. I lift the cover an inch and peer out at sleepy Mormonali one final time from between the layers of cotton plants. Everything is the same as always, except that I'm leaving now, just like Papa did all those months ago, when I buried my face into his jacket that smelt of all the smoky fires we'd ever built on the side, and begged him to hurry home. The moon and the stars shine above me, just like they did for him, hopeful beacons sending their blessings for the first day of my journey. I can't tear my eyes away from the fields of sugarcane cloaked in the secret light of earliest morning. I watch until my village gradually becomes a tiny distant hill, embroidered with everything I've ever known and loved. The cart rattles on until I lose all sense of how long we've been on the road, but I'm sure Ma will have found my first note by now, telling her I've gone to pray for us all at the temple. This will please her, but later, when she goes to light the diva and finds the second note, she'll know I've lied. And I push the image away. The cart suddenly jolts forwards and I have to stop myself from calling out as my head crushes against the side. The revving motors and beeping horns outside drill into my brain. I hear feet hit the ground and then a burst of raucous voices. Twisting onto my front, I shuffle towards the corner, ease up a little section of the cloth and look out. We're parked in front of a dabba stall, like the one we all went to for Ma's birthday a long time ago, and the storeholder is pouring rice butter onto a massive tava, getting ready to make crispy dose for breakfast. The spicy potato filling that he's scooping up to stuff onto round, flat pancakes sends grumbles through my stomach, particularly as I spy Jivan tucking into a huge one. Just when I'd start to wish I'd given him another thump last night, I see a long paper straw being pushed beneath a corner of the cover. I grasp it with my fingers and yank it towards my mouth. Fresh coconut milk! It slips gratefully down my parched throat. For the first time since Jivan let me down, I feel the ice around my heart thaw a little towards him. But in the next beat I remember his broken promises, and the fury returns. Once we're in Sonahar, I'll have to fend for myself, against anything that comes my way, and the thought makes my anger flare again. I barely have time to squeeze back under the covers before we start to move again. The bullock's hooves clattering against the cobbles towards the market. The bitter smell of petrol fumes leaking through the covers, catching the back of my throat. We're getting closer. We stop suddenly and I hear a thud as Jeevan and his papa jump onto the ground. There's a rustling and a sacking opens, flooding light into the cart. I sink back as far into the cotton as I can, making myself small, fear winding itself around me, anchoring me to the spot. You take them a bit of cotton, Papa. Then I'll carry the rest over if they want it. I can manage. It's only Jivan. I let out my breath at last and settled back between the itchy cotton, listening to the voices turn quiet, waiting for the signal he said he would give me. I stay rigid, not daring to move for what seems like forever, and just when I think he's forgotten, he lifts the flap. It's all clear, Jivan whispers. My arms and legs are like lead and won't move until I force them out from under me, willing them into action. I feel for my bag and manage to slide out of the cart, landing in a twisted heap on the hard ground, my body on fire, the pins and needles nearly making me cry out. I pull up my hood and hobble into the busy market, desperate to get away without being noticed. It takes all of my willpower not to turn back and look for Jivan, but I keep my eyes straight ahead and slip away between the stalls, disappearing deeper into the labyrinth my pendant bouncing in time with my heart. I try my best to dodge the early morning shoppers as they barge their way down the narrow aisles. A cyclist frantically rings his bell and yells over my head as he zooms past me, knocking me right into a woman dressed in a beautiful sari. She's carrying a garland of pale jasmine flowers, as if she's going to the temple, and has a delicate red bindy in the middle of her forehead. Careful, but eh? she says kindly. She smells of freshly bred naan and my stomach gives an ache as she reminds me of Ma. I take up my map and hold it in front of me, peering at the heart I drew around Mormanali this morning, the distance to Zanderpore stretching between the two places. Chai! cries a loud voice to my left. Hot, hot, chai! The boy is about my height and has a metal carrier in his hand full of clinking glasses and steaming pepper-spiced tea. He crashes into me, sending the map flying into a deep puddle. The hood slips off my head as I dive into the water after my map, the coils of my long plait unravelling. Look where you're going, you spooky-eyed idiot. You nearly made me spill the chai and lost me my morning money. The boy mumbles and curses, heading off into the tightly packed stalls that spiral on forever. Sorry, I I didn't mean to, I call after him. It it was just an accident. I lift the soggy map out of the puddle. The ink has run and the paper disintegrates in my hand. What use is it now? I leave it on a pile of empty boxes. I duck into a wooden hut with a swinging sign that reads toilet and take a deep breath of rotten air, trying to work out where to go and what to do next. What if Givan's papa has found out and comes chasing after me? And once Ma realises I've gone, she'll call the police and I'll have to find some way of disguising myself. I tug down on my hood, run my hand along my plait and no, I have to give it up. I won't cry, it's only hair. It's not worth crying over. But when I think of all of those years Ma spent combing and oiling it, willing it to grow longer, thicker, more silky, I have to grab Jivan's penknife quick before I lose my courage. I flick it open and hack Into my plait. The hair is thick and hard to cut, the blade sawing backwards and forwards, painfully pulling at the strands. The feather I wove back in this morning falls out and floats to the floor. This sacrifice is for you, Papa. I pick up the feather, thread it through my chopped off plait, and put it in my bag ready to release it like Shiva into the newborn waters when I arrive at the source of the Ganges. I kiss my pendant, take the penknife one final time and continue to hack my hair even shorter. That was another tell pod production remember that you can follow share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbeal.com